Yes, I'd like to welcome you to the next podcast of Crosscut Maker. And if you have been listening over the past couple of months, I've been doing pretty much all eschatology and eschatology updates. And I said on my last podcast that I was going to do, my intention was to do a show on the biblical Christian reaction to recognizing the end times are approaching or that we're in birth pangs because I've run into quite a few people online in person who are Christians and they are recognizing what's going on but it seems to create terror and fear in their hearts and not the proper response which is what we're going to go through and so I've got about five or six verses here we'll go through and uh, just to say up front, you know, it, it's, e- it's easy to teach these things, it's easy to say these things, but I come from a humble uh, position here, knowing that I struggle with the same things that I'm going to teach about right now, because it's just a difficult thing in the present time, especially if you live in the United States of America, which I do, and most people I interact with do, and we're not used to this kind of turmoil. We're not used to this kind of uh, never-ending stress, you know, going on in our lives where, you know, I've said this many times that we are the exception to the Christian rule. And most Christians throughout history, and even in this modern time, live under dire circumstances, live under the severe threat of persecution. And, uh, and many times are jailed and killed and all kinds of other horrible things happen to Christians throughout the world, even in our modern times over the past several decades. But there's been a little pocket in the United States where we have had protection. True Christians, true born-again Christians have had protection from uh, persecution and, and just the worries of the things that we, don't, we are worrying about now that we have not had to. So a lot of it, I think, comes from just the fact that we've had it so good and uh and that when things i mean it, when things just get a little bit uh, going the other way it's real easy to you know again that exp- all that really does is expose idolatry in our hearts as american christians that we are comfortable and comfort is the opposition of the christian walk it's something to be battled not something to be sought even though it's a real hard thing to do. So I think a lot of this, the initial reaction to coronavirus protests, riots, never-ending uh, weather, wildfires, uh, hurricanes, it's just things just every day is something going on. And it just creates a lot of fear in people's lives because we are typically in this country not used to that, seeing the things that we see. So I think a lot of it is rooted in that. But uh, And so a lot of it just happens to be you know, even before these events, Christians have always struggled with getting too comfortable in the world. We're not, we're not to do that. We are, this is not our home. We are to live for the Lord here. And yes, we enjoy things and we are thankful for the things that God gives us. And there's nothing wrong with acquiring things. But as long as it's for God's glory and His purposes, it's real easy to get, to get over-concerned with the things of this world and to lose sight of what we are to to be thinking about it, and that is uh, the eternal kingdom, and we're to be thinking about Christ now. 
So I would say look up and look out. Look up to Christ now. Set your minds and your heart on Him. And we're looking for the kingdom to come. So we're working for that kingdom. And that's why, and the privilege of having Christian ministry to be able to do that is incredible. And so we will, I've got a couple of verses here we'll work through. And again, this is addressing the situation of what should be the Christian response as we first as we see the end times approaching, the tribulation period, and things like that. Again, I'll say up front that there are scriptures that say we do not call dates. We never call dates. We never say the Lord's returning on this day because it's biblically sinful. But there are also other scriptures. Uh, that teach that we are to be able to recognize the the time of the end, the season of the end, and just one right off hand. And we'll, a couple of the things that uh, verses we'll go through now, we'll have that in there. But also, obviously, Hebrews eleven twenty five talks about not neglecting the assembling together at all the more as you see the day approaching. You're seeing the day approaching. So how do you do that? And so, and I, here's what I what I believe and again there's a whole lot of people every every day every week I listen to uh, some things on YouTube just trying to sort out what's what with uh, eschatology and the signs of the times and things and it's really really difficult it's, you got to be very careful because there's so many people out there who see a fulfillment in everything going on and they overread everything but there are when what so we we cannot we do not know the time of the day of the Lord's return is the day of the rapture. There's no way to know that. I'm doing this on September 18th, which is a the festival of the trumpets for the Jews, and a lot of people have trying to been trying to connect that with because obviously the trumpet blast and the trumpet blast of the rapture and the feast of trumpets for. Israel, they tie that together, and you know they won't say, "Well, you know, this is the day," but it could be, you know, why, you know, and so it's just, and we don't know the day, and so could it be today? It could be today. Could it be tomorrow? It could be tomorrow. I don't think any day, either day, would be more likely. Um, so we do not know the day, but we do. We should be able to recognize the season. And how do you do that? You, you, this is what I, the approach I use is you see what happens after the rapture developing say uh, what I call stage setting and there are things that are visible and tangible that will happen very soon after the rapture and uh, again it's a it, the seven-year peace deal involving Israel is what triggers the tribulation period so you know and it, and it appears that the Antichrist adjusts and confirms something that's already in process and so that's why a lot of people have been, and myself as well, have been very interested in this Abraham Accord. It seems like something that is going in that direction. The third temple is something that you have to have for the tribulation period. And you see legitimate, legitimate talk and preparation for the third, for the third temple. You see there, was, there will be a one world religion So in the tribulation period. That's not all going to happen overnight. You see, these, you see it progressing towards that. And you certainly have you seen the ecumenical environment for decades now. And it's building and building and building and building. And Turkey, Iran, and Russia, it's almost like, uh, man, that's, that really is coming together really, 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 uh, almost incredibly. Where Turkey is showing massive aggression towards Israel. 
there protesting these Abraham Accords. Iran, of course, is doing the same thing. And then Russia is, you're all kind of coalescing there north of Israel and just that stage is being set there for, that's the Ezekiel 38 war. And then you have some other of the smaller countries who, who don't invade but protest and they're forming agreements or they're forming coalitions with Israel. And so all those signs, all those sides, let me say signs there, all those sides are lining up and it's the the Ezekiel 38-39 war is very difficult to time but I do believe it will be in the tribulation period likely in my opinion towards the end of the first half of the but it could be at the very beginning or it could even precede the tribulation period but you see the state I mean it is absolutely coming together those coalitions are lining up with scripture really really closely uh, and so and there's just another thing you see that will happen after the rapture that you can see the build-up to. So there are what I call legitimate biblical indicators. We are coming. We are very close to the end now. I don't know. It could be today. Could be a month from now. Could be a week from now. Could be a year from now. Or or this whole thing could resolve itself again. That's why I say there's no certainty. I'm 99% sure we're very close, but there's I can't say I'm absolutely sure because I don't know for sure. But I definitely you definitely see what would happen in the tribulation period that is given to us in scripture that that's that that environment is being um, God is positioning the world for that event I mean it just seems like almost irrefutable in that so that's where that's why in these scriptures talks about as you see the day coming in Hebrews 11 25 that's how we can see the day coming I think we you see what happens after the church is gone being State, you know, being the stage being set for those events, and you can clearly, clearly see this. And of course, the one I didn't mention is global governance. There's a there's a call for global governance. The uh, United Nations and and uh, or the world. Oh, I can't remember which one it was. They're going to do the Great Reset in January, and the in the United Nations, they're about to have their meetings next week, and they're they're going to be discussing those same things, and also the peace environment in the Middle East and so you have a whole lot of calls for global governance you have a whole lot of calls for peace in the Middle East and peace throughout the world as well alright but that's not what this is ultimately about this is about what is our so assuming you can see the incoming and I believe that's scriptural that you can see that again not calling a date being very careful and not uh, overreading everything in the news but I think you can see things that we are close and here's what I'll start with when it comes to the Christian attitude and this is I start with my own heart on this is because I get fearful too about these things these are incredible things that will come on the earth and in the as even as the church I believe 95% is removed before the tribulation I think the birth pains obviously we're experiencing them and they're not it's birth pains just keep increasing and so we could experience a few more as the church or maybe not maybe the next one will be gone for um, but you will uh, but they're they can you know uncomfortable to think about but here's where I think you got to start is that the book of Revelation is called the book of Revelation because it's about the revelation of Jesus Christ 
And so there is the, when you're looking at the end times and you're looking at the birth pangs and you're focusing on, if you read the book of Revelation, it's, it's horrific events happening. But what you have to look for as a Christian is the end. It's about the return of Jesus Christ. And so there's where you have to put your heart and your mind as you're processing these things. Is that these are incredible times. They're difficult times, but they're incredible times. Again, the world, the whole world was created to be culminated in the kingdom of Christ forever. And we could be very close to that. And so there's, there's the whole key to the heart is setting your mind. And this is not just a command for the end times, but it's a command throughout Scripture. It's, or for the Christians is Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Set your mind on the things above where Christ is seated. So we're constantly to be setting our minds upward to Christ. But when you're thinking about eschatology in the end times, you kind of have to keep remembering that as you work through these difficult things, is that this is about the return of Jesus Christ, and that is an incredible event. And as a Christian, and again, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure where you'd be on the rapture, but if I, I'm 95% pre-trip, 4% mid-trip, 1% post-trip. I'm not going to go through all that right now, but, but I believe that the excitement as you see the tribulation being set, knowing that the, very likely in my mind that Christians will be removed and be with the Lord forever before that occurs. And so, so there's the thing you got to you got to think it's very likely that I could be with the Lord Jesus Christ, meet Him face to face, and be with Him forever. No more pain, no more problems. That's what we all are looking for. We should be. And here's the issue, that if you're not, and, and I run across people all the time going, I'm a Christian, and I, yeah, but you know, I want to get married, and they're usually typically younger Christians, and I want to, you know, live a life, and they're terrified. And I'm always like, you're not, trust me, if you get raptured, and you're with the Lord, you're not going to file, file an appeal and ask Him to come back and get married and have children. You're, you'll be perfectly content with where you are. You know, it's the culmination of everything Christian. And so if you're not eagerly looking forward to that day, regardless of whether we are in the end times or not, that's sin. That means you're, you're too comfortable with this world. You would rather have this world than Christ. That's never acceptable, ever. And there's the core of any intrepidation of being towards the end times for a true believer. For a true, I'm talking about a true believer here. There are people who, who may label themselves Christians and they get terrified because they see these events coming and they're just terrified because they don't know, they don't truly know that they're saved, you know, and so that's that's a different issue. But I'm talking about true believers who believe in the Lord, know they'll be with Him, and have seasons of eagerly desiring that. But when the when it hits the faint, when the things get real. It exposes. All right, are we too comfortable here? Are we? Are we, do we would rather be here than with the Lord? It's insane. It's, that really is ultimately insane. But like I said, I battle it in my own heart, and we all battle it. It's easier said than done. And 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 I want to see my daughter grow up, get married, and have children. Who doesn't? You know, I understand that. But not. I'd rather be with the Lord. And I, and I pray that she would be, and I pray that the people I love would be. And, uh, but I'd rather be with the Lord because if I, if I do, would rather not be with the Lord then that's idolatry and I know it because I struggle with it so there's the issue of, of 
if you're truly born again and you see the end times approaching, if that bothers you, that means you, you for whatever reason, you're, you're, you're too attached to something that's not the Lord and you'd rather be with, you'd rather not be with the Lord. I mean, just think about just saying those words, how insane that is. And, but that's, again, easier said than done. But there's the battle in the heart. If you're truly born again and you see these things approaching, our command, as we'll go through here, is to look up and be joyful. We are, we are to always be eagerly anticipating the return of Christ, regardless of the season. But if we see it coming, if we see the tribulation getting set up, knowing that the return of Christ is very near, it should make, it should be, it should make us excited and joyful. But we'll go through these verses now. Alright, Titus 2.13 Looking for the blessed hope in the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's referring to the rapture, the appearing of the great God and Savior, the imminent appearing of Jesus Christ is the rapture, and it's called the blessed hope. So we're looking for the blessed hope that are of the rapture. Is I've heard this verse quoted many times recently, because it is. It is what we're we're looking for. It's not called the, uh, the uh, oh man, this is going to be tough. And it's, called, it's the blessed hope. Alright, Luke 21, 28. Jesus is speaking here. When the, but when these things, the birth pangs, end time events he's referring to, begin to take place, here's the reaction. Straighten up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. And so I think the idea here is as you see these things, and again, I think a lot of it's talking about maybe talking a little more directly to Christians, tribulation Christians, tribulation saints who get saved there, and they see these things really, really explode, they're going to, you know, their their reaction is to be the same. But I do think this certainly applies to us. If we believe that these things are beginning to take place and we're, we're heading towards the tribulation period, the reaction is to lift, look up. And straight, I mean, our redemption is drawing near, and that should create joy. Redemption of your body should create joy. We groan in this body. We are, we are looking for our glorified body, regardless of the circumstances. So there's another command. It's the blessed hope, and we are to look up. In 1 Thessalonians 4.18, this is, this is right after the, the uh, chapter 4, verse 16 through, through 17, I believe. It might be 14 through 17. Talking about the very clearest description of the rapture. And it says, Therefore comfort one another with these words. In the previous two verses were the rapture event. And so the, the, the rapture event should comfort us. It should We should be speaking of the rapture in the, in the sense of, Hey, this is what we're looking forward to. So when you're struggling and you're suffering, you look to, you think about the rapture to come. And again, Christians throughout the world who don't have the comforts of the United States probably think about these things more and more because they're under such stressful situations. But that's a command for every Christian. So it should be comforting, hopeful, and we're to be looking up. And then 1 Peter 1.13 says, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be, be sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace of to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And the revelation of Jesus Christ there is talking about the rapture. 
uh, ultimately we know he will return to the earth all you know, at the end of the tribulation period but I think that's referring to the revealing of Jesus Christ to believers will be at the rapture. That'll be the introduction, for lack of a better term, to him forever. And so I believe this, and so our hope is to be on that completely. It says fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So our minds are to be occupied with uh, thinking about being with the Lord forever. And if you're a Christian, that should bring you joy to think about that. All right, but, um, all right. 2 Peter 3, 11 and 12. Since all of these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Verse 12. Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, which because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. And so again, verse 12 opens up with saying, looking for and hastening. And that, that word hastening has the idea of eagerly desiring. It's not talking about that we could speed it up ourselves. Like, hey, we need to speed this up and get Christ to return earlier. And he's going he's gonna to do that on God's timetable. Nothing we can do about that. But we are to be eagerly desiring that. And also, it says there, since the, all these things are to be destroyed in this way, everything that we see, all the uh, material things that we focus our hearts away from the Lord on and towards these, these material things are all going to be burned up. All going to be burned up. The only thing that carries on into the eternal kingdom, he will be, with, or be a new creation. He'll re, he will recreate things. But everything we have here is going to be undone. The only thing that will continue on that will matter eternally, truly, is how many people that are that get converted because of your life as a Christian. That's where the determining. That's the determining. Uh, that's what you can make the most difference in. And so, and, and it should it should focus us on eternal things, not just necessarily how many conversions you bring about, because you don't really bring about any conversions, but. God does that, but I'm saying how many people, if your life should be spent trying to reach the lost, or to help people that reach the lost, or to, you know, to, to do your part in the Christian ministry to reach, have the gospel reach the world, and it can happen in many ways, but the impact you have there is what's going to carry over, is what you'll be rewarded for eternally, not the uh, accumulation of worldly goods or uh, anything else that's just temporary. Yeah, I'm not saying we can't enjoy temporary things. We can, but it should not be our primary focus as Christians. We should constantly remind ourselves that we have the privilege of gospel ministry. It's a privilege, not a burden. It shouldn't be a burden. It can be sometimes because it's difficult, but it should be rooted in joy of knowing who we serve and, and the opportunity that you have to turn somebody's eternal destination from hell to heaven because of the gospel. And he gives the gospel to believers. And it's a privilege. Um, but everything's going to be burned up. So we can chase all the things in the world we want. And we can uh, focus our hearts on all, all the things of the world. But that's just going to end up being burned up anyway. Alright. 1 John is the last set of verses I have here. But you see that the idea there in 2 Peter 3 was looking for and eagerly desiring the coming day of God. 
desire. And, and we'll, uh, we'll go back to that here in a minute. But 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 and 3. We know that when he appears, we're talking about Christ appearing, that's the, that's the rapture. When he appears, it's going to be the rapture to, to believers. We will be like him because, and see how we'll be like him, we'll be glorified because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. And so we know that when he appears, we will receive our glorified body. And it says, and everyone who has this hope, there's the word. We're to be looking towards that day with hope, eagerly desiring. Fix your hope completely. Comfort one another. Straighten up and lift up your heads. Blessed hope. You see, the theme here is joy and hope when we look toward the return of Christ. And so you see in the last three verses that we went through, the set of verses there, that the reaction to the joy of his appearing is to be alertness, godliness, and purity. Um, in First in First Peter chapter one verse thirteen, it says, "Prepare your minds for actions; keep sober in spirit." So we're to be alert. And uh, and then Second Peter three talks about what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness. And then, and then 1 John chapter 3, verse 3, it says, And everyone who has his hope fixed on him purifies himself, just as he is pure. And so the response to the appearance of Christ that we are to be joyfully desiring is holy living, godliness, purity. That's the, that is the reaction. Out of joy, though. Again, it has to start, I think, with with having joy of thinking about the return of Christ, seeing him face to face. That should be a good thing if you're a Christian. If you're not thinking about that, or if that for whatever reason it causes uncomfort, and, and maybe you're backslidden, or maybe you're possibly not converted. But uh, for somebody who's born again, the Spirit of God lives within them, even even in times of struggles, uh, you know, we should be desiring his appearing. And I went through several years of listen to anything over the past three years that I've talked about all these podcasts I went through a backslide and it all began with worldliness I just became unconcerned just kind of drifted slowly backslides don't happen from one day to the next you're not all of a sudden in a pit it's a gradual slow deceptive decline and uh, when you get caught up in that world it gets hard to turn that around until you kind of get devastated but um, that's that's the one of the very very competing things against these joys that should should be created by the thought of the return of Christ is you're just too comfortable in this world you're not concerned so those are all uh, warning signs and so again as we live in this incredible time and, and like I said earlier not just because we see the end approaching. This is a com these are commands, regardless of whether we are or not. But especially as you see the day approaching, we are to have joy, and we are to have that joy of the spirit create a desire in us to be godly. And I say this sometimes to myself: is what is a couple? What is something that you struggle with that you would not want to be doing? 
at the time of the rapture. I mean, the rapture is going to happen instantaneously. And what is something, and I tell myself this, Jay, what would you not want to be doing that you struggle with? And so it helps me to think, let's not do that then. Because I don't want to be raptured when I'm doing something simple. And I don't know how that would work. I mean, obviously, we'll be... We'll be joyful when we get raptured regardless. We could be sleeping, or we could be eating, or we could be working, or we, you know, but we all struggle with sin, and I think to myself, what, I don't want to, I just don't want to have that moment occur when I'm doing something that I know I ought not to be doing. And so that's another, just another motivation to say, okay, we're getting close. What are some things I struggle with? Well, I, will, I don't want to face the Lord instantaneously while I'm doing that, so let's just not do that another motivation not to sin which should be our struggle regardless well I hope this has been helpful because um, we do live in incredible times and I do believe we're close to the end I believe every day more and more things are barreling down the road to the tribulation period and, and, and while we Christians are here and we can see it coming it can be it can create fear in our hearts because of the, the environment's changing threats are becoming bigger and it just seems like survival is is difficult more difficult than it used to be but again knowing that the that the return of christ is what the end times are all about it begins there but also believing that you will be will be removed before the uh, end times truly kick in and to be thankful for that because we should be here we all should be nobody deserves to be saved nobody deserves to avoid eternal hell nobody deserves to avoid the tribulation period but if you're truly born again you will so this should be a great attitude of thankfulness and everything else but we should just keep and also it should be a, a, a motivator to share the gospel with people because people can keep people can and will be converted in the tribulation period we know that the first, three, I believe, the first three and a half years, there will be a massive revival, but it'll still be an incredibly difficult time, and it'll cost you your life, and it'll just you'd be better off being converted before the rapture. But also, you know, if you see the stage being set for the tribulation period, it means human history only has a certain amount of years left, and so it's not as if you can think, all right, well, I know somebody who's 20 years old, and you know they're unconverted. Well, you know. Over time, I'll, you know, kind of work on this person and pray for them. And, and, and we, if the tribulation period is approaching, the, the human, the the timeline would be. Uh, again, I hate you know I'm not putting. I'm just saying, theoretically, if the tribulation period begins in the next couple of years, let's put it that way, then you'd have a seven-year time period plus whatever time's left. So that's maybe nine or ten years. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying that's absolute because it could, we could have two thousand more years or four thousand. I mean, I'm not saying so. I'm very careful when I say that. But I am saying if we are approaching, you can do math and say, all right, we got seven plus whatever's left between the beginning, and that's not time. That's not a whole lot of time compared to if you just had this open-ended view of, well, it doesn't appear return of the Lord is anywhere near and so it's probably going to be some time you'd probably think more open-endedly where I think you can now properly say you know people don't have as much time as they think but that again it's all kind of secondary anyway because we all nobody knows their last day regardless of whether the end times are approaching or not
So I hope this has been helpful for you as targeted more towards believers. And um, in the next, if I do another pop podcast, it'll be another eschatological update, which I'm not quite ready for uh, yet. Um, it's been about six or seven days since they did the last one, and they did sign the Abraham Accords. And I do believe that's, uh, that's a pretty monumental step in the eschatological picture. But uh, time will tell. So I pray this has been helpful to you. And until the next update, may Christ be known.